0: Welcome to the Metamorphosis with Michelle podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Kessel. I'm an integrative health practitioner and certified brain rewiring coach. And on this podcast, I'm going to be diving deep into all things personal growth and development, brain rewiring, health and wellness, and spirituality. All right, guys. So on today's episode of Metamorphosis with Michelle, I have a awesome guest for everyone. Her name is Emily Lewis. She is a friend and client and a fellow health coach in the field. So I'm super excited to have her on here today and I will pass it over to
1: Emily to share a little bit about herself. Hey guys, I'm Emily. Some of you may know me as Amy Lou Fit on Instagram. Um, yeah, so I am a full-time health and wellness coach with the Positively Fit community, um, and I have been full-time coaching for about nine months now, almost a year, um, and I absolutely love it, and I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Super excited to have you. So today's topic
0: is probably going to trigger some people who are going to get into food obsession, binge eating, hyper-focusing on food, and orthorexic tendencies. This is something both of us have struggled with in the past and have overcome, so we know that this is a really common Thing that many women deal with and may not even know that they're dealing with. So we kind of want to be the voices in the community that cover this topic and can maybe help some people see how they can steer clear from their food obsession and hyper-focusing on what they're eating all the time. So one thing that I wanted to kind of ask you is what does like food obsession look like for you? Because I know in my journey when I was super obsessed with food, literally like my whole mind was just thinking about what I'm going to eat for the next meal. What am I going to eat tomorrow? I think that's kind of what my train of thought looked like. So I'm curious if yours was similar or if you had something different that you were thinking?
1: Yeah. um, So when I first started my health and wellness journey, I was um, actually, before I even started coaching with Megan, um, I was like taking things out on my own. And I was constantly watching the girls on Instagram that had the body and physique that I was trying to get. Eating what they were eating, and obviously I was I was doing it wrong because you can only eat for your body, and you know figure out the foods that your body thrives off of. Um, but once I began my health and wellness. Um, journey after that, I had, you know, experienced some, you know, difficulties with the stress eating, binge eating and all of that. Um, I decided that I was going to try my best to track macronutrients. And I was going to figure out, you know, what foods my body thrives off of and all of that. Well, probably like a few months down the road, I, you know, wasn't sure if counting macronutrients was for me. I think there was just a confusion all over. I was just lacking knowledge and education about what healthy eating should be and it should look like. Um, And I had become so obsessive over the food that I was, you're right, I was consistently thinking just like you, consistently thinking of my next meal. How was I going to fit something that I loved eating into my food and almost like had a restricted mindset when in reality it does not have to be like that. So I think, um, for me as well, it was just constantly thinking of food, um, and how I was going to even make my next meal.
0: Yeah, totally. I really resonate with that story. I know in my journey a few years ago, like especially in college when I was stressed, I think I avoided my emotions and my stressors of school and personal life by Mm -hmm. having food be my main train of thought. So I'm sure this was like a subconscious thing to like not think about everything else going on in my life. I was just like, what is something that I can control? That is food. So let me think about how I can control this. What am I gonna eat for dinner? What am I going to eat for breakfast the next three days? Yeah. Like all this stupid shit that's like, it just <laughs> doesn't matter. And I think like now that I've done so much work with like healing and brain rewiring, I realize I don't think about food at all. Probably like, I should think about it a little bit more because now I open my fridge and I'm like, oh, I wish I had planned ahead of time <laughs> because I don't have
1: anything. I don't know what I'm going to eat. Yeah, exactly. No, totally. Um, that's, that's definitely something real that um, people don't tend to realize. People throw around the word binge eating a lot and it shouldn't be thrown around. It is actually a disorder where... <laughs> When somebody is dealing with emotions that they don't know how to handle, and sometimes they don't even realize that they're experiencing them like anxiety, and they tend to distract themselves by eating food. And exactly. it's re- I have caught myself, like it took me a long time to get where I am now. I am probably the best I've ever been with my relationship with food ever since I was probably like 15 or 16 years old. And I had come to realization that whenever I felt anxious, whether it was getting ready for a party, whether I was going to need meeting like one of my friend's families, for example, like something like that, I would get so anxious and be like, oh, I have to eat. I need to eat. And in reality, I wasn't hungry at all. I wasn't even (laughs) food. I was literally trying to distract myself and I didn't even realize it. So it's definitely something real that that needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah. And what did binge eating look like for you? Did you restrict all day and binge at night or kind of what was
1: your journey with it? So when I first went through my journey, I didn't have any issues or I didn't think I had any issues with stress eating or binge eating. As I went down the line, you know, a few months down the road, um, maybe even like a year down the road. Um, I was dealing with a lot in grad school. Anybody who's gone through graduate school, or any type of college, really or any stressful situations that is not just college, there's so much stress when you especially say you're first generation, College student, as I was, there was so much pressure on me that I had to be successful. I couldn't let my family down. I couldn't let myself down. And um, so much stress on me and anxiety that I had come to realization that I was binge eating so much food when the stress got to a point where it was overwhelmed. But that didn't even start until after I had become so hyper focused on food prior to um but it that was the worst it had ever been i had i was binging myself until i was sick and i didn't even care what it was it didn't have to be anything sweet it didn't have to be something salty it just had to be edible and there were times where i didn't even remember what i ate because it is an extreme disorder that's why i say like the word binge eating should not be thrown around it is a disorder and um it's almost Like, if there wasn't something there that I did want, I would go to the store to get it. You know, there was like no stopping me when I had it in me. Um, But when I went through that journey, I had actually come to um, a conclusion that I struggled with it when I was younger. I mean, I didn't eat all day when I was in high school and I was literally like starving when I got home and I was like, Oh, now I get to eat everything. And I would binge eat pop tarts, any, any snacks my family had. And then I would go eat dinner with my family right after. So I had always had this issue that I never knew was an actual issue.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And there's a few things that you said that I think were really powerful nuggets. Like, Binge eating is thrown around and it shouldn't be so thrown around mm-hmm. because, yeah, it is a disorder. And binge eating doesn't mean that you overeat like a yeah. few crackers or you had yeah. a second <laughs> serving of dinner. It's really like eating to the point of like feeling sick and stuffing your face after restricting yourself the whole day. So, that's a really valuable thing that you had mentioned because I know for me, I think the nights where I was binge eating, it was from being too much in a diet mentality. Like I was definitely part of the low carb keto craze for some point. And because I was restricting all day from carbs, I then at night would binge eat an entire box of like paleo crackers until I was sick to my stomach Mm -hmm. because my body was just looking for like that quick source of fuel.
1: Yes, exactly. That it happens. It happens all the time. And people just don't even realize, you know, that it's it's not overeating. Like you're right. Some people may say, "Yeah, I'm a binge eater," and they really just ate like an extra breadstick at Olive Garden or something. No, that's not binge eating. Binge eating is like when you're not even knowing that you're actually binge eating. You know, um, and you're trying to fulfill something within yourself. But you're right. Like people have gone through where they're binge eating until they're so sick that they can't even. You know. Go like go any further after that, but even the next day, it's a lot different than overeating. Like, you feel so mentally exhausted and you feel guilt and disappointment, and you're telling yourself you're never gonna do it again. And then that night comes around and you do it again. So, it's yeah, it's a huge struggle that so many people deal with. Exactly, yeah. And
0: of course, you can do it. Because you're restricting and your body just wants a ton of calories, but there is that big emotional component of filling that void. And when you think about it, food is literally filling you up, like filling up your body. So when you feel like you're missing something or you're feeling empty because you're not
1: fulfilled in your life, you look for food because it's physically filling you up you up. Exactly. Yeah. You're looking for comfort.
0: Yeah. And I feel like it's really common for people to do in like college just because of the stress levels. And it's something that can get your mind away from Mm -hmm. all the other things that you don't want to face head on.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I completely agree for sure. Yeah. So
0: how did you manage to get over this?
1: It took a really long time and the process was just, I mean, repetitive. I would relapse within no time and I would sit there and write down in journal, like how I felt, how disgusted I felt, you know, why was I, why was I doing this? And Honestly, I would say my number one tip is just realizing what triggers it. So if you come to an end with your binging for one evening and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so sick. Why did I do that? Start with the exact moment that you had the urge to binge and write down exactly how you felt. What were you doing? right prior to, I mean, seconds, minutes, and an hour, like what were you doing beforehand that triggered you leading to binge eating? And it took a long time because you tell yourself you're never going to do it again. You're going to feel crappy afterwards. You're going to feel like shit. And then you turn around and you do it again. Um, So it takes a whole process of like really digging deeper into your mentality. I almost went to somebody to help with it, like a professional um but i ended up somehow some way getting over it myself i just had that willpower in me um but also behavioral pattern so if you don't change your behaviors you're never going to change your behaviors so instead of binge eating what i would do is i i would start binge eating and then i would catch myself and be like emily this is not a good idea Know exactly how you're going to feel. I don't care if it takes all night, go on a walk until you're distracted from binge eating. So you're trying to distract yourself or feel a void, you're right. Like you're eating for feeling and comfort, but now you're eating to escape. I mean, you're walking or doing something different, a different activity to escape yourself from binge eating and feeling like crap. So what I would do is when I felt that urge to binge eat, I would instantly decide to go do something different, whether that was walking, whether it was stretching, yoga, calling a friend, running over to a friend's house, um, going to like one of their apartments just to distract myself from the idea of binge eating. Now that didn't always work, but it was a start. And eventually it helped me heal completely.
0: Yeah, I love that. That is such a good point that it's like a behavior that needs to be changed. And when changing any behavior, it isn't instantaneous and it takes time and repetition, but replacing it with something else is one of the most important things. So that was really similar for myself, like replacing the activity with something that's beneficial, like Going on a walk or drinking a cup of tea that could like fill me up, also, or just getting out of the house somehow. But I think that those are all such good points to help people on their journey and really, really looking at what is causing this. Is it an emotion? Is it an escape? Is it just a behavior that I need to change or is it simply that I haven't been eating enough all day so I'm starving and need to actually just eat more food?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's so many different roles that play um, into it and everyone's different. Um, But there are so many people that you can relate to um, that, that struggle with us.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think that is... Something that a lot of women struggle with, and they either say that they have binge eating and don't, or they
1: don't say that they have it and do. So, and they do. Yes, yeah. exactly. So number one is actually figuring out if you're a binge eater. <laughs>
0: yeah, seriously. And I think something similar in the realm of binge eating is orthorexia. Which is just the over obsession of health. So I think this is something that's really common in the health space is just being hyper focused on all things health and almost being like afraid of something that isn't I'm mean, like the healthiest thing
1: yes. um i've I've seen this so many times where, you know, somebody's offered like ice cream or something. And they're like, no, 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 no. I can't have that. That has so many, so many things in it. That's, that's not healthy. It's not, it's not a whole food, you know, like it's okay to eat things that are not whole foods. It's okay every now and then. But the thing is, is if you consistently restrict yourself of it and you create that mindset, it's almost like you're creating fear for yourself which is just like a spiral downhill, something that you don't want. Um, And I've seen, you're right, I've seen it so many times. And the thing is, is that, you know, all these fad diets were sugar isn't good for you or, or something like that. And then all of a sudden, somebody stops eating fruit, like things like that as well. So there are, they're becoming too focused and they're listening to so many people that they don't know which way to look.
0: Yeah, that is such a good point because this is something that I definitely was dealing with and probably not even too long ago. And Mm -hmm. I would have denied it to the day that I like died being like, no, I don't have this. No, I don't have this. But obviously I realized that I did now looking back. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so with orthorexia, it's kind of just like you're so hyper-focused on. It has to be like the most organic, healthy thing ever. And this really can lead to binge eating because you restrict something that you
1: want so bad that you end up binging on it when you get the chance. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. This is something that can lead to binge eating. Um, Believe it or not, like this is bringing back memories. And honestly, this literally just triggered me when I was younger. I was, my family would tell me I was a germaphobe. Like I, I was afraid of everything, every illness. I wouldn't touch door handles in public places. And I was even afraid to go out to eat. I remember sitting down with my family going out to eat and I actually made myself physically sick because I thought that the food was going to make me sick. And it was like chicken tenders and French fries or something. Like I was the most picky eater ever, but if it wasn't healthy or good for me, um, you know, my family always thought that I was a healthy eater. I would always choose like the fruit and vegetables over the chips and sauce, um, and if, it, if I didn't think it was going to benefit my body, I constantly thought that it was going to make me sick.
0: Yeah. So can you kind of explain a little bit more of how you got physically sick just by having that belief?
1: Yeah. So we were, and I remember it like it was yesterday. It's crazy because this just brought this memory back to me, but I was sitting at the restaurant with my family and I, you know, we ordered all of our food and of course, you know, being young, my mom ordered for me. And, um, as we were sitting down eating, I had it in my mind that this food was not good for me it was going to hurt me i'm going to get sick this is going to give me food poisoning and then all of a sudden my face gets completely white my family asked me if i'm okay and i told them i think i have food poisoning and i ran to the bathroom and i never got sick but i just felt so sick and we ended up having to go home i never physically actually got sick um like never vomited or anything like that but I felt sick. Like I was making myself physically ill. (laughs) Wow.
0: That is like really powerful because that just shows how powerful your thoughts and your words are because just by thinking and believing that something is going to make you sick, your body responded in that way. And actually
1: made me sick. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And if yeah, you didn't have I would, that, your body would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would have been fine. We would have had it. We would have enjoyed our night. Um, I think that actually happened a few, time when I, a few times when I was younger. I was afraid of a lot of illnesses. I was afraid of like strep throat and um, any insects that like came near me. I thought they were going to make me sick or, you know, whatever it may have been. Um, I was definitely a hypochondriac. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that totally just goes to show how fear
1: really does weaken the immune system. It does, and it can it can take a huge toll on you mentally and physically overall. Yeah, that is
0: so powerful and I'm glad that that memory kind of came back to me. It came back to me. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. But yeah, so going back to the orthorexia. I know you had mentioned like people taking things too far with restricting sugar and then starting to restrict foods that have sugar. I had this thought come to my mind recently how, when, cause I did this too. So I'm putting myself under the bus as well, but um, <laughs> like I was afraid of fruit because I thought that the sugar was as equal Mm -hmm. to like white sugar. And this Mm -hmm. thought came to my mind, like we have this belief that something grown from the earth can't be healthy because it's sweet. So Mm -hmm. that's just programming saying that life can't naturally be sweet. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Wow.
1: Yeah. No, you're...
0: (laughs) I love that. Like, why can't life naturally taste good and be sweet just how it is? It doesn't have to be bad
1: for you. Yeah, that's, no, I love that thought. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) I know. And I think so many people think that just because something is like sweet and tasty, it can't be good good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So just some food for thought right there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. That just made me think I, I made a paleo dessert for my family one time and it was an apple pie. Completely paleo. And none of them knew that it was paleo and they all ate it. And I told them that I made it and they said, oh, I thought you only ate healthy foods. And I was like, well, little did you know that that was actually paleo, like all natural ingredients.
0: (laughs) I love that. I know that's like me on every family occasion. And see, I think that's kind of like the difference between caring for your health and being super hyper-focused is there's so many ways to still enjoy these tasty treats with just healthy modifications that feel good in your body. And if something does have a unhealthy, I'm using air quotes, but you won't be able to see me. <laughs> Ingredient, <greeting Yeah. laughs> you can still eat it, but
1: you might not feel as good in your yes. body. My thing is, is I would rather um, make my own dessert or make my own meal than buying it prepackaged or made by um, like a restaurant or something like that because you know for a fact that they're using more convenient, cheaper ingredients versus something that is wholesome, um, something that tastes just as good. But it's not as convenient for the companies to make all of their products with, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And of course, because I mean, I'm sure there's always the few percent that do this, but most places aren't going to buy like the organic, more expensive whole food ingredients to source their yeah. products when they're
1: making things mm-hmm. in bulk. Yes, exactly. No that is 100% true. (laughs) And you can still enjoy your treats just by knowing what you put in them and making them yourself. Making them yourself. Yeah. And honestly, just, just like you said, using the better ingredients, you feel so much better. Like there's a difference in between feeling like eating one treat and feeling super sluggish and eating another treat that tastes exactly the same or very close to it and feeling energized. Exactly. Yeah. And that
0: is something that I always like to explain to my clients that you can eat these treats with modifications if that Mm -hmm. feels good for you. But if you go out to a restaurant and there's only one option and you are eating that, enjoy it in the moment, don't overthink like, oh my God, this has white sugar and it has X, Y, and Z. Just enjoy it and let yourself have it because it's not like you're doing that every day.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's all about balance and really just like choosing one or the other here and there rather than eating it all the time. There's a big difference. You know, having it like once or twice a week or, you know, whatever it may be is not going to do you any harm. I promise. It's not going to take a huge toll on your health. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And something I think that people do when they binge is they eat so good Monday through Friday and then the weekend comes around and they're like, oh yeah, this is my time. And then they like go hard on all the foods that know, aren't good for I them know. Saturday and Sunday, and
1: then they're like, okay, diet starts Monday. Yes. Um, I've dealt with this a lot, a lot with my clients, and it's really just, and it's not their fault either. It's something that society has created for us. I mean, we only eat three salads a day during the week, and then on the weekends, that's our cheat days, and I'm doing air quotes too, <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's their two days and they'll binge drink, they'll binge eat, and then they'll get back on the track on Monday. But then they're trying to like figure out whether or not energize for the next three days. And I'm like, so you're only really getting two successful days out of those seven days. You know what I mean? So it's really just all about balance. Like, you're right, let yourself have it if you are craving it let yourself have it. If the modifications are not working for you, that's okay. That's all right. It's not going to take a huge toll on your process progress. Yeah. You know, so really just like creating the balanced lifestyle and educating yourself on how to do it is key. Um, and really knowing that, you know, like one drink on a Wednesday night and then two drinks on a Friday night, that's really not that bad compared to people that are going to binge drink 10 drinks in one day. <laughs> exactly.
0: And I like that you brought that up because I tell my clients this too, is if you're craving something on a Wednesday, but you're like, oh no, I'm saving it for the weekend, have it on the Wednesday so you don't binge all weekend.
1: Yes. Exactly. That's so true. Um, because you're right. It, it just really like creates that restrictive mindset and it's, it's going to increase your binge factor. It will increase it and you are going to end up binging. Um, I had dealt with that before and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm craving it now, but it, no, my, my cheat meal is on Friday. So I'm going to wait until Friday. And then I'm thinking about that one meal for the next three days. And I'm like, why don't you just let yourself have it? Exactly. Why Why does it have to be on a certain day? And that's where the hyper focus comes in.
0: Yeah. And it frees up so much mental space that you can Mm -hmm. just be a better husband, wife, friend, entrepreneur, worker, whatever you are, because you have more mental space when you're not thinking about food. Exactly. Nope. Completely agree. And you had mentioned binge drinking. I kind of want to talk about this. Is that something that
1: you struggled with or your clients struggle with? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. College especially. Um, You know, when I was younger, um, I was a pretty big wild child. Uh, Turning like 16, that's when the wild child kicked in. Me too. (laughs) And, you know, I was... Oh my goodness. Every weekend I was binge drinking. And when I was that small, I was teeny tiny when I was in high school. Um, I think I weighed like 120 pounds. Um, So I was like binge drinking on weekends. So that might have looked like four or five drinks. But then come college. Oh, that was like half a bottle of vodka. Uh, Maybe the whole bottle between two of us. And that was the pregame. So yes I very much struggled with that but it wasn't because I was restricting myself during the week that was just and it wasn't even the bad environment I was in it was just the headspace I was in and that was my um you know time to have fun like that was my having fun you know um time to get away from school I guess and what I didn't realize is that hey, M, there's so much more other things you could be doing that's actually fun rather than drinking your life away. <laughs> um, but then once I went into grad school, I did have to buckle down a lot, and I would only drink two days out of the week. Did I still binge drink? Yes. Um, but then that slowly kind of, you know, went went away. Um, but when I was struggling with my, um, binge eating habits and restricting myself from the foods that I loved. Um, I restricted myself from alcohol as well. And when I did go out, it was just over the top. Once again, binge drink. Cause I hadn't drank in forever. Um, so really just the same thing. It's like a, it was like a cycle over and over and over again until I found that true balance and just had to kind of like go through a whole healing process with myself.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I can totally relate. I definitely was like, wild in high school and college. And (laughs) it's funny because now I like barely drink. I don't even want to, but there's a lot to that. But it's like looking back, there were so many reasons for the binge drinking. And I think most of them were kind of like that escape, emotional
1: toxicity, and like kind of just the college culture in general college culture. It's, it's, and you know, have fun in college. We're not saying don't have fun in college and like not to drink and stuff, but you, it's probably not your best entrance to, uh, <laughs> to binge drink the entire time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be responsible. <laughs> yes, please.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I definitely struggles with that too. And it's something that I think a lot of people do in college just because it's like, not like forced upon, but it's like the conditioning of college.
1: Yeah. And it honestly creates a whole, it opens a whole new door into like adulthood. So when you leave college and you're going into your full-time job, those habits are still there. They're still going to linger whether you think they are or not. For 98% of people it is going to still be there and that culture is going to still stick with you. All of those behaviors are still going to stick with you. So yeah, you may not go out as much, but when you go out, you're going to think that you have to binge drink in order to be social And it just creates like an overall mindset with alcohol and food together. And then when you're done drinking, you got to go get the mac and cheese bites or a pizza delivered and then you go to sleep. Like it's literally behavioral patterns. Absolutely. That is such a good point. And I
0: think like one of the biggest reasons that people do it is that they think that the more they drink, the more fun that they'll have, which- Doesn't really happen. No, you gotta forget it. <laughs> exactly. All the time you thought you were gonna have, you forgot. Exactly. And I think it wasn't until I had like a spiritual awakening that I was able to fully stop binge drinking and like honestly just mostly stop drinking as a whole. Like now I can have like one drink and
1: be perfectly be great. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, same. I um I think my max is like three drinks now. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And learning that your factor of
0: fun isn't exponentially higher by the more alcohol
1: you consume. Yeah, exactly. I think we're fun people. We're oh yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and if anyone wants to beg to differ, um we can have this argument um, offline. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so is there something that kind of fully brought you into that place where you were able to stop binge drinking and relying on
1: alcohol as a fuel for fun honestly there was a lot of tension after grad school um I ended up like drinking a lot after I graduated, like I would say like three or four days out of the week. Um, just because I was free from school, I got, you know, I completed my master's, was done with my comps. That's a lot of stress. It was a lot of stress. And, you know, I wanted to go out and have fun graduation weekend while I did. And I was like, huh, I haven't really let loose like that in a long time. And then I continue to go out with my friends, and my roommate, and um, then, you know, after that, um, I moved to Charleston and there was just a, still a lot of tension with it. Um, because I didn't want to do that anymore, but I didn't know how to create a balance with it yet. Cause all I had in my mind was binge drinking and binge eating. So I was like, how do I even balance this? How am I really supposed to just enjoy like two or three drinks. How am I supposed to do that? I've never done that, or have one drink one night and one drink the next night. I didn't know how to socially be social in a social setting and outing where people are drinking and not have five six drinks. Um, so honestly, like once again, it was a process. And once I, you know, started going more out with my friends here and surrounding myself with different people that like-minded, that's where it came in. And that's like a really important topic too is surrounding yourself with the people that you want to be like or surrounding yourself with like-minded people is so important because the energy you have is the energy you're gonna attract and you want that to be good energy. So just just surrounding yourself with like minded people is so powerful.
0: I am so glad you brought that up because that was a huge turning point in my life, especially with the drinking, is just letting go of toxic people in that environment that didn't align with who I envisioned myself to be. And like the more I hang out with people who are like-minded and have greater goals and don't have that mindset of like that party culture, the Mm -hmm. less I'm inclined to go back into that old behavioral pattern.
1: Yeah. Now don't get me wrong, I still like to have fun, but I'm not going to do what I was doing before. Yeah. It's all about balance. it, It is all about balance and just like I said, finding those people that are just so aligned with your goals and like how your mindset is. Like me, I'm a I'm a grinder. Like I've always ever since I was 15, I've had a job no, I'm sorry, 14, I've had a job. And then, I, you know, when I went to college, I had two jobs and then all of a sudden I had three and that was my thing. Like I was always on the move, always trying to better myself, but then I wanted to have that fun too. Um, and then, you know, obviously that looks a little different now. It's a little bit more balanced. <laughs> so yeah, just, you know, surrounding yourself with the people that you, see yourself as, or that you want to be like truly. Um, and you guys can even like, you just share the same mindset. It's just so beneficial.
0: Exactly. Cause I think it's, you're the product of the five people that you hang out around. So just be mindful of who's in your circle and even going to like content. What content are you consuming? Because you're going to have those ideas too, from what you consume on like Instagram and social media.
1: Big time. Yeah. If, yeah. You and I were talking about that the other day. That's a huge one. If you don't like something that you're seeing, you have the power to shut it off. Exactly. <laughs> or you know, if there's a talk, like you said, if there's a toxic person in your life, you have the power. Maybe you don't want to shut them off, but you have the power to create those barriers. So always keep that in mind.
0: Exactly. You are the creator of your life and your reality. And if something doesn't align with you, you have the power to let it go. And it doesn't have to be a dramatic thing. It just can be setting boundaries or muting someone on Instagram that's putting out content that doesn't reflect who you want to be. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I'm so glad that we had this Juicy discussion. And yes. is there any kind of like final piece of advice you want
1: to leave my audience with? Honestly, the last thing that we talked about was just so important. And it just, I've I preach it to all of my clients that deal with um people who are really, really negative in their life. And honestly, I'm not surprised that they have, you know, these health issues and barriers because A lot of the people that they're surrounding themselves with, they're complaining about. So really guys, surround yourself with like-minded people, eat good food, live your best life, live for yourself. Do not live for anyone else and just better yourself every single day. I love that so much. Those are such golden
0: (laughs) nuggets of wisdom. And where can everyone find you and
1: connect with you further? Um follow me on Instagram, Emmy Lou Fit. I have Facebook as well. I don't know if anybody ever uses that anymore, but yeah, I'm on I'm on Facebook too. Uh we actually have a public Facebook group called the Positively Fit Community too. So
0: awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and I loved having this juicy conversation with you today.
1: Same. It was so good chatting with you.
0: All right. Thank you, Emily. If you found this episode interesting and helpful to you, don't forget to connect with myself and Emily on Instagram. And if you're experiencing troubles with any of the issues that Emily and I addressed today, please don't hesitate to reach out to either one of us to see if we can help you on this journey and I am taking a few one-on-one spots for brain rewiring clients where we will work through any of those limiting beliefs, holding you back, keeping you stuck in food fear, having binge eating episodes, bloating, and any other issue that is prevailing you from becoming your best self. So connect with me on Instagram and share this episode. Leave a rating and review if this resonates and I will Talk to you on the next episode.